Hello, hello, welcome once again to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, joined as always by my partner. Yo, what's up? Holla your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And tonight, or this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, or over brunch, whenever it is that you're listening to this. <laughs> We are going to talk about director Mir Nars' 1991 film, Mississippi Masala. Yeah. But as we often do, we have a little bit of any, yeah. any, anything we want to talk about. It's interesting that you talked about like when you're listening to this. And yeah. I know one time we had asked people about when they listened to it. Uh, Lindsay, uh, Leanne Lindsay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tinsel in Time. Mm-hmm. She wrote on Twitter. How she was listening to our review of Paris Blues while she was um, getting prepared to watch the Oscars. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but we did get some feedback from people um, to a couple of shows and, and a very interesting Twitter um, string that was happening. But uh, speaking of the Oscars, are yes. you aware of the debacle? I, 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 am, the I, I am aware of the debacle. The funny thing is I went because I don't I don't. I don't really do the Oscars at all. Really? So, but you know, I was getting the little things popping up on my phone. And when I went to bed, it had just popped up and said, La La Land. La La. La La. Is it La La Land? Yes, yeah, La La. You see how much I. Yeah, La La Land <laughs> won the best picture. And I rolled my eyes and said, Yeah, of course it did. And right. then I went to sleep. Oh, okay. And then when I woke up the next morning, you know, all of the chaos with moonlight. So, oh, you know. yeah, man. So, you know, I don't really give much credence to the Oscars at all, but I'm very, very happy for for Moonlight. And Barry and, Jenkins. And Barry, oh, well, you know, I mean, you know, not to not to pull the hipster card, but I think you and I are well documented. We were fans of Barry Jenkins before it was cool to be fans of Barry Jenkins. How about that? You drop a movie that is like this underground cult romantic classic. Yeah, yeah. And then your next movie. And then your next. Boom. He Ava DuVernay. Did he? I, I mean, Ava DuVernay had two movies. Okay. She but, had two, yeah, but, but you know, she was sort of the same thing. This kind yeah. of underground, you know, art house darling. Difference is Barry won. Barry, Barry won. Barry did win. So, but somebody was pointing out. I was watching CNN when they were talking about. It. And for those of you who do not know. Um, at the Oscars, you had announcing the award for best best picture. You had Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, right? Right. Um, classically, the stars of Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. And um, long since their prime, to be to be kind. Um, and apparently, they were given the wrong envelope. They were given an envelope, some kind of backup envelope for the Best Actress Award. So the envelope read Emma Emma Stone for Best Actress, and they were up there because she had won earlier in the evening. Exactly, and, and they for were, La La Land, right? For La La Land, so right. it says on there Best Actress Emma Stone, La La Land, right? They opened it up. Warren Beatty opens it up, and you could tell that he's looking like mm, this ain't right. Right. So he doesn't say anything. He's like fumbling around. He hands it to Faye Dunaway, and it looks like he's handing it to her. Like, do you see what this says? You know, where am I? Am I? She looks at it, basically sees La La Land. Oh, must be La La Land. The winner is La La Land, is what she says. Right. To wit, all of the producers and stars of La La Land bum rush the stage. They're in the midst of giving their award, um, their, their, their thank yous. When it is discovered, and that's the only thing, that's the one thing I don't know exactly how, what was the chain of events of exactly when it was discovered that it was not uh, La La Land. And in fact, it was Moonlight that won. Uh, The producer of La La Land then said, yo, yo, we need to stop this. We need to stop it. Hold up. Right, Moonlight, you guys won. This is not a joke. Flash the card up, the right card, because they had brought it from offstage. Uh, flash it for the camera to show that it said, Best Picture, Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, and all the producers. At which point, all of the producers and, and uh, for Moonlight came up, and, you know, they gave... They gave their thank yous, but they were hurried thank yous. Of course. And what somebody pointed out on CNN, and it, 
they gave the thank yous and it was an interesting kind of moment. It definitely was a the the talk of the town as far as the Oscars sure. for for a minute. But the shame, the true shame of it is, is that when you are a movie, a movie maker or an actor, you're in Hollywood. Sure. You dream of not just winning the award. But but hearing the announcement and everything that the pageantry and everything, and everything that, that goes, goes with, with it. it. Yeah. And and it's as maybe superficial as that is yes to have that moment stolen from them i did feel some type of way i was like yeah, yeah I, I feel ashamed yeah. for that yeah i agree i mean you know again i can't get but so worked up because like i'm 20 years and not giving one man whatsoever about the oscars <laughs> and and you know i'm actually well, I don't like like I don't even un- well, I do understand. Like I'm very happy for Barry Jenkins in Moonlight. That's all I have to say. And Mirhershala Ali. And, and Mirhershala Ali. Best supporting and actor. Viola Davis. Yes, she won best act best supporting actress yes. for um Hidden Fences. Right. I am happy Hidden Fences. <laughs> I did, I did what everybody did else is telling oh my did it God. Too. You did, did it too. I did it. I I had been so good. See? I had been so good. You it was just white people. It's you too. You did it too. No, I did not do somebody, it. Somebody else. <laughs> no. Somebody black did it around. Yeah. But, you know, I am happy for hopefully the opportunities that these awards now present because they have been acknowledged. Yes. By this establishment for their work. And going forward, you know, as they renegotiate contracts and all, they can say award winning director. Amen. You know, Academy Award winning director. Yeah. So I am happy for what this perhaps will lead them to. Now, Barry, I think you're good. I think I think you've proven that you're a man that wants to do your own thing, you know, make movies by the beat of your own drum. But let me ask you, tell you right now, please, please do not drink the Kool-Aid, and do a superhero movie. Mm. Do not. Do not. No shame on anyone that does. No shame on Ryan Coogler. No shame on anyone that, that chooses to do that. But I think that having won this this award, this it, it's going to open up so many opportunities for you. A lot of people are going to be throwing money at you to have you produce their project. And I think you do have such a singular voice that um, it would be a shame for you not to use this rare opportunity that is afforded a black director to not go forward and try to find a way to do whatever is the next dream project. It it would surprise me if he squandered this. I would actually be surprised. Like everyone that, 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 you know, all of this sort of crop of new directors and Mm -hmm. sort of not new, but black auteurs that, that are finding their voice. You you know, again, we, we joked about a few minutes ago. I've, I've really have been a fan of Barry Jenkins for however many years it's been since, um, medicine for melancholy came out and just listening to him and i mean it took what six seven years for him to, to make that. this and yeah. that's because he kind of was committed to his vision and yep. and so that i would i would i mean you know you never know what happens when they bring that brinks truck up to your house but amen um i look forward to what he does with this opportunity i do too and, and congratulations once again mad congratulations yeah. and i know and we well gotta get to the movie but we got to take a, a minute and you just, just say, if you have not seen Get Out, speaking of black directors and black auteurs and important black visions, make it your business to see Get Out immediately. Jordan Peele's, Jordan Peele's psychological horror psychological movie. Horror movie. Um, I've not, th- like I saw it Saturday Okay, and, and re-record on Tuesday nights. I've not stopped thinking about this movie. Really? I've, it has been on my mind every moment since I've seen it. It is that good. 
It is that well calibrated. It is that thoughtful. It is mm-hmm. that evocative. Mm-hmm. It it really is. Like like it really is. Now a friend of mine, Ariel Johnson, who sat in on our okay. show, uh, she saw it. Okay. And while she didn't think it was bad, she had she found it a little problematic. Okay. With the. Um, I guess the female voice in the the black female voice, right? In right, the movie, right. Well, I would say that that was the point. Yeah, I wondered that. Too. Like, like I think my read of it was that was actually the point. Mm-hmm. And the black female voice, which is muted, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get into spoiler territory. I found that portrayal to be the most powerful. In the film. Really? And to be... There, there are moments in this film that that are, are actually kind of gut-wrenching. Mm. And it's the type of thing where, like I said, I, I've been thinking about since where you see it and then you kind of see the whole film mm-hmm. and then you have to kind of retroactively go back and think right. about what you saw right. within the context of your new knowledge. Right. And it is even... It is even more powerful. I, I think the nature of the film, there aren't a lot of, the, like, really, there's only one. Like, I'm again, I'm trying, I'm skirting around the plot. Yeah. Like, there really is only one black female voice. Mm-hmm. But of the black voices in here, it is, I think it is the most powerful one. And, and the most powerful scenes are with that character. Okay. So, well, I know Ariel is looking for an opportunity to sit down and talk uh, about the film. Um, Ariel and and I said it before I saw it last week on the show and I'm saying it now. I'm 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 going to try and be disciplined and we wait until October. I cannot I cannot wait to talk to Ashley about this movie. Really? I cannot wait to sit and talk with her. About this. Well, see, October is a long time away. October man. is a real long time. We, I might have to see what I can do to make that happen next I, week. I cannot wait. If if we can, I mean, I'm you know you know, hey y'all, we making sausage. Um, <laughs> you know, I ain't trying to put, you know put us on the spot here while we're recording, but I mean, because I was thinking, I said, well, we did Queen of, of Catway, and it was, yeah, it, was, it it really is that kind of film. I will. I will see what I can like, do to it make it happen. Really man. is. I'll see what I can do. To and make it happen. you know, with Ariel's point of, about you know, kind of critiquing the female voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ashley, obviously, we talked about that when we talked about some yeah. of these films. And and you know, again, horror is Ashley's forte. Right. And 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 you know the the, the language of horror. Yeah. He uses it so well in this film. Yeah. You you know you see the interviews and he talks about the the Stepford Brides. And Rosemary's Baby, and it really is talking about Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, writer, director, director, and it really is in that spirit. The the way you you know those films kind of reflect this the societal issues you know specifically of kind of you know second wave feminism and how a woman is supposed to behave mm-hmm. and a woman's control of her own body and fertility, yeah. and then it kind of goes from there and it kind of unpacks it and takes it to this nth degree. And this film really does that with what I'm. It, it really is kind of um, post-integration racism. Really, like, like it really is. And I, and I keep looking at time, and I really don't mean to talk, but it, it really is a type of film where this is a film that only could have been made by somebody who was a post-integration black person. Like, like I think we, we, when we talk about racism, you know, it's like it's the dude playing the banjo from, right. from Deliverance and it's, y'all need to leave. And, you know, it's this, you know, this sort of very kind of, kind of over the top mm-hmm. that we think of with the racist. But, you know, I think for many of us, and, and I'm going to include me in this us, the racism that we deal with on a daily basis is not that. Oh, of course it's not. It's much more subtle. Yeah. It's much more kind of ambient. Mm-hmm. And and it mm-hmm. is, it's like, it's, again, and I, I swear I'm going to stop, but there's so much about the horror movie 
where we look at the the people in the horror movies and and they ignore their instincts. Mm-hmm. So then we make fun of them when they get murdered because they do this stupid stuff. Right. But the absurd thing about being black in a white environment, and I was thinking about you when you said a couple when we were talking about um, coonskin. Yeah. And you talked about you went to the dinner and the man white explained to you about the the jockeys. Yeah. And we many of us who kind of live in an integrated world have been in those positions where we're the only black person there and you're kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that happen that our instincts say this is off. You're right. This is wrong. And but but you know, we, we use this term gaslighting now, which I think is such a beautiful term because we really do think Oh, well, I'm just imagining things. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm making more of it than it really is. What did he really mean when he say that? Like, what did that mean? And we kind of go this. And the film really explores that within this horror context. Mm. So that you have this black man dealing with all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Ignoring it like we do every day because it's the only way we can function. Exactly. But then you realize he shouldn't be ignoring it. Right. So, I, I I really can, I cannot I cannot talk enough about this film. So. All right. Well, we're gonna see so, if we can't know, talk I'm, I'm just, as much about it as possible uh, next week. Yeah. So, so I'm putting it out there on the show right now. It's an open invitation to Ashley of Graveyard Shift Sisters and to Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House um, to get at the Michelle Mission and let's see if we can make a connection so that next week our review can be of Get Out so we can get this off of your chest, uh, Ariel, Vince's chest, and I can just imagine Ashley probably has a, the same issue. I, I cannot to talk about it. Yeah. And, I, and I'll see it this weekend. I, I was scheduled to see it this weekend anyway, so so yeah, we'll check it out. All right. Um, <laughs> time is running short, but we yes. do, but we do have time for a couple of things. Okay, because um, we started a little early, so we have a message from one of our favorites, Robert Monroe Jr. Hey, what's up, Robert? Robert Monroe Jr. hit us up on Facebook as he is wont to do with a message, uh, and he says, uh, "Let's see." He says, "Jolene," referencing Dolly Dolly Parton. Yes, yes, great American storyteller. It came out in 1974 on Dolly's album, Jolene. All right. Yes. About Sesame Street. Yes. I miss Sesame Street when it was more black. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever happened to Roosevelt Franklin? Roosevelt Franklin. Was he moved? He had an album. Was he he forced to move when Sesame Street got gentrified? Oh, that's funny. And I still have my Roosevelt Franklin. Yeah, I was about to say. that's, that's, That's it right there. Roosevelt Franklin, how old are you? I used to be one, now I'm gone on two. What you gonna do when you get a three? Gonna look my daddy right in his knee. Oh, daddy's little man. <laughs> yeah. And Roosevelt, when you get four, get me some candy from the candy store. What you gonna do when you reach five? Gonna get some honey from the old beehive. All right, Roosevelt. Yes, I like that. Young Mr. Franklin, what about six? Get my first job hauling bricks. There's a whole kind of vein of people who collect those old Sesame Street albums. Wow. I remember Roosevelt Franklin. Yes, my name is Roosevelt Franklin. Yeah. Uh, The end debate about Paris Blues was the best discussion I've heard about a film since the old days of Cisco and Ebert. You guys really need to take this show to TV, if not YouTube. All right. All right. You heard him, Mr. Producer Man. I'm going to have to shave every week for a week. (laughs) Like, I'm wearing sweats now. I'd I'd, I'd wear a tuxedo every week and a top hat. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Mississippi Masala. Led to a lot of relationships between black women, excuse me, black men and Indian and Pakistani women when oh, I was in college. Cree Summer was my boho girl of choice and she still is. Damn! She's so fine, I drink a tub of her bath water. She's a good looking woman. She is quite a stunner. And aging well. Lord Jesus, yes, she is. That's a very, very attractive woman and beautiful children. She has some a, a, a beautiful, beautiful, a beautiful family. 
and and from from all that I can tell and have read, a woman with a equally beautiful soul. Yes. So Street Fairy, that was her album. Is that what it was? That was, it was Street Fairy. Never released, but it, somehow everybody had a copy of it. Did you have a copy? I, of course, I had a copy of it. How was it? It's all right. I mean, it's it's it, you know I think Lenny Kravitz produced it, so it sounds like. Lenny, it sounds like a Lenny Kravitz album with somebody who, you know, no disrespect, isn't as talented as Lenny Kravitz. Right. But, you know, it's not bad. Was her album better than Jasmine Guy's album? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Because I I remember that. I own that as well. I owned it for a week. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Then on Twitter, you know, there there is a force. There is something that is in the water, man. There is a mission on Twitter. To get you in front of Anika Nona. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> That's all I can say, bro. That's all I can say. I appreciate that, though. That's all I can say, Vince. I appreciate Michelle Missionaries looking out. Yeah, good looking at New Mutant, uh, the Power Principle. He he shouted out to uh, at DJ Older. Can you ask your pal Anika Noni Rolls to hit the Michelle mission up with a tweet or an interview? They're two radio brothers with style. <laughs> we are. There is a mission. I ain't man. You know what? To get you in front of Anika Noni Rolls. I'm a big brother. fan of her work. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at Romero, Romario Manuel, Romero, excuse me, Romero Manuel, hit us up on Twitter. He said, uh, at Michelle Mission, let's connect some dots. And and he's got like about 12 tweets. I mean, this man was having a conversation. <laughs> he didn't need us to have a conversation. All right. He was rocking out with this conversation. All right. He said, let's connect some dots. Some of your interests have one key connection. FAMU. FAMU. I was a theater major at FAMU, along with Anika Rose and Daniel uh, Sanjata. Oh, I know that. That's the boy from, um, he was in uh, Rescue Me. Okay. And now, he was on Rescue Me, and now he's on another show right now. I got to look him up. He he was a man on Rescue Me. Okay. Did you ever watch Rescue Me? I did not. Daniel Sanjata. Oh, Sanjata. yeah. I recognize him. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was Franco on Rescue Me. Uh, he was in Graceland. He was on a, a show, Notorious. Um, he was on Grey's Anatomy for a couple of episodes. He was on. He did a stint on Thirty Rock. I swear, I thought he was a movie dude. He's done some movies. Yeah, he's done some movies. Not a not a whole lot. Um, most mostly, I know him mostly from TV. Rocked out with all my children. Uh, he has done some movies, uh, but his last film. Was Lullaby. He was also he was in Dark Knight Rises. He was okay. like a real sharp right. short role in there. All right. Um, but yeah, and that was Lullaby in 2014. He's been he's been big in in TV. All right. Yeah, he's 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 boss man. That's that's the dude. Um, so anyway, so Romero went to school with Anita, with Anika Noni Rose okay. and Daniel. All right. Okay. He also went to school with Kelsey Scott. Okay. And also t- an attended. Fam, you and is now rocking rolls on The Walking Dead and How to Get Away with Murder. That's Kelsey Scott. Yeah, he's on. He's on there. Um, Rob Hardy and Will Packer were both also at Fam, you and have directed and produced Chocolate City, their first film project. One of the producers of Chocolate City, Diane Ashford, now produces the Stars Show Survivor's Remorse. All right, and we should check out DJ Older's work because he's the best of. Uh, Juan DJ. Diaz and Octavia Butler and oh okay Tanana so, Rodriguez and Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Marquez okay so all he, right he's a big sci-fi yes uh, writer and who has a YA series of which Anika Noni Rose did Does the audio book and that's how you get to her it's six it's, it's like seven degrees of separation dude that's like about twenty four degrees twenty four degrees twenty four degrees of separation right right, right. so it, in fact we know Anika we Noni. we actually know Anika Noni Rose. yo fam so. there you go there you go good to know that is very good to know good to know. It, I feel like the stars are starting they, to align are, for you, they Vince. They are, you know. They're starting to align I'm for you. I'm a fan of her work. 
I think you, I, I see the day coming in the not too distant future where you may have the opportunity to personally tell Anika Noni Rose how much of a fan, of, a her fan work of her work you truly are. I Well, I will be honored. All right. So <laughs> we're going to try and make that happen. All right. We're going to um, I'll All take right. off the mission. I'll take off the mission for you. All right. I'll put it on a cake for All you. Right. All God right. God bless you. All right, bro. Let's get into... Mississippi Masala. Mississippi Masala. It's a long way from India to Mississippi. I'm a mixed masala. Hot and spicy. Academy Award winner Denzel Washington. I ain't no saint. Just looking at it make me break into a sweat. Yeah. Sweat all over the chicken. <laughs> you know what they say to me? Your brother thought he got himself a white chick. I love him. What about his family? You think I ain't good enough for your daughter, is that it? I never thought I would fall in love with you. Mississippi Masala. Rated R. Mississippi Masala, again, 1991 film directed by Mira Noir and written by Sony Tara Poruvala, which is, gives me the perfect opportunity to say that we may mispronounce some names this evening. And it is because of the stumbling of our tongues, not because of the hardness of our hearts. So just, you know, you see where we're coming from. But again, a script by Miss Tara Poruvala. And the film begins 1972 during the time when Idi Amin took over Uganda and he expelled all of the Asians from Uganda. Mm-hmm. And that includes um, a character Jay, his wife Kinu, and most importantly, their uh, daughter Kina. I'm, I'm sorry, Mina. Nina, who at the time is about six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. And and there's, you know, it's it's a very... It's a very sad day for this family because um, Jay has has he has been in Uganda his entire life. Yes. So he's being expelled from his home and he's being told that because he is not of African descent, you know, genetically African descent, he has no real claim of Africa. Right. To Africa. In fact, the phrase that comes again and again is Africa for black Africans. Yes. The film fast forwards a number of years, approximately 15, 16 years, and the family is now living in a small town in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And um, Jay is continuing, you know, Idi Amin is out of power, and Jay is attempting to get his home and his property back from the new Ugandan government, and they live in Mississippi within this small immigrant community of yes. Indians, some from Uganda, some from other parts of the world, but it's a small, very tight knit immigrant community in this town in Mississippi. Mina is out on errands one day at this point. She's about to be 24 years old. Mm-hmm. She gets in an accident with a local um, carpet cleaner um, named Demetrius, played by Denzel Washington. Yes. One thing leads to another, and the two of them embark on a romance. There are. Um, Challenges that they face both from the black community and the Indian community with this romance. Um, Tika Wells has has a great turn in this film. Uh, Jay, played by the actor Roshan Seth, I think, you know, has has a really great role. Charles Dutton has a great role in this film. Um, 1991's Mississippi Masala. This was chosen by you, Lynn. And what, what, what are your... What are your thoughts and views? I had never seen this movie, okay. but it's one of those movies that you always hear whispers about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when people are either running down the filmography of Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. this is very early in his career. Yeah, um, or when they're just talking about you know great films that uh, that use Africa uh, as a backdrop for their stories. Um, or are steeped in cultures outside of those usually seen in the movies, uh, which this movie is. And it's not so much just the black culture, even though the black culture is there, but it's definitely heavy on the the Indian. Absolutely, culture, absolutely, uh, rightfully so, uh, based on the story. So I had never seen the movie. Um, so that was really the reason why I I chose it. You know, the, my whole reason on this quest is to watch. Some films that I, for whatever reason, have never taken the time to see. And um, especially it was timely for me. I knew that I wanted to see this after seeing the Queen of Catway. 
Okay. Which was also di- directed by Mira N- N- uh, Nair. Okay. Um, so I wanted to see, you know, her, her, her earlier radio, work. Her earlier mm-hmm. work. Sure. And, um, and also it's, it's, it's interesting to go back in time with Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy to see Denzel now as the leading man that he is now, but um, now he's the, you know, he's the the seasoned vet. Sure. In the movie, um, and sometimes he it's more, leans more on his dramatic chops or his his action chops, depending on what the role is asking for. So it, it was interesting to see him in. Another vein, okay. You know, and maybe not. It certainly not at the height of his Denzelness. Sure, yeah, sure, he's still sure. building. He's still finding it. Um, and I walked away from this film um, feeling that it was a little uneven. Okay. Uh, I I don't think the film. I don't think uh, Mira or Nair, the the director, had a a one hundred percent grasp on exactly what story she wanted to tell mm-hmm. because I think there is there is an interesting story in the romance between Denzel Washington and Mina played by uh, Sarita Chahuri mm-hmm. um, there's an interesting story there you know the the black person with the with the Indian woman black man with the Indian woman they both uh, have experience experiencing racism where they where they are. Um, they are they're both experiencing racism from outside their family and from within their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both have to to find a way to you know maneuver their romance within that world. Um, there's there's just the story of the culture clash or not even the culture clash just in the worldliness class in that you know Denzel Washington is is a guy that is got his own business he uh seemingly is a nice guy but he has his own business he's trying to make it out in this world where and Mina is even though she's 24 years old yes is very much kept away from the world as right. there's their want to do within that culture so she um is, you know, Denzel provides a, a little bit of a release from that, you mm-hmm. know, an escape from that world as well. Um, so there's an interesting story there, but there is just as equally interesting a story as the story of her father. Yes. Being born in Uganda. Yes. You know, it, the reasons why his family, the Indian families, are, are there in Uganda are spelled out in the movie. It's a tale as old as time. If you're a black man, they were brought there as, you know, his forefathers were brought right, there right. as his slaves. Right, father. I don't know if they were technically slaves. Te- but, maybe not technically but, but slaves. But definitely they were brought. Cer- certainly indentured right, servants right, of, right, of right. a sort. Absolutely. You know, so, but, so all he knew was all Uganda. He, is all he knows. And then to be, you know, forcibly forced out of yeah. his country and the struggle to maintain his dignity in the place where he is now in America. Right. You know, as happens to so many immigrants when they come over, they can no longer practice the field that they were in. He was a, he was a, a lawyer of prestige and renowned over in Uganda. Now he basically is just a guy writing letters. Right, right. While his while his wife works, which was unheard of over there. Right, right. She owns a liquor store. Yeah, yeah she doesn't just work. She he, owns a business. She owns like a little, little liquor store. He is a guy that is trying to hold on to his dignity and then trying to hold on to the, just the dream of reclaiming some piece of what was his. I think he's right. I think he's a wise enough man to realize that he's not going to get it all back, but he just wants something right back there. Um, you know, uh some piece of of him and 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 then just the story of how he is forced to leave and and in doing so is not only forced away from his country but forced away from the man who was almost his brother. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. Um and then and 
there's a little hints of an untold story there. The mystery between, you yeah. know, what what's the real deal with between him and this African boy who he grew up right, with. Right, right. That he refers to as his as brother. As his brother. Yeah. You know? That's just it's equally a story. Uh, interesting and intriguing the story and I think the script and the director because those two stories are so uh, ripe for picking Mm -hmm. is um, honor bound to try to give them both their just due right but because the stories tonally are polar opposites yeah it causes a, it causes the the problems with the tone of the film right throughout right. the film. There's sometimes where it coalesces kind of cool, right? But more often it's a little jarring, right? When especially in especially in the father's story because the father's story is told uh, a lot in flashbacks, right? And and that's great, but then that makes you. Her story is not flashbacks, right? And his and not all of his story is told in flashbacks, so you don't. It, it, it's and it, it's 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 just a little jarring. Yeah. Um, but that being said, this was early in her career, Mira sure, sure. career as well. So it, it's in that it's an ambitious attempt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that for the most part succeeds, I think, because despite what is despite that that shortcoming of the script and the direction you have what i think is a cast that is fully vested in giving you an honest story yeah well you know i think the cast i, th- I think you're absolutely right and 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 i kind of i absolutely agree with with your read about the sort of um tension between the two storylines mm-hmm. and i think this is a case where the inside baseball kind of explains some things. Yeah. So, you know, uh, initially Ben Kingsley was signed up to play the uh, role of of Jay. Yeah. And he backed out. Mm -hmm. And when he backed out, uh, so did a lot of their money. Mir Nair lost her funding and then they only got funding back when Denzel Washington signed up to play Demetrius. And and it should be said that while they got funding back, they didn't get as much funding back. Because in 1991, Ben Kingsley was certainly the the larger name than Denzel Washington. And I suspect, I mean, I don't know, I haven't seen the drafts of of the script or anything, but I suspect that when Ben Kingsley was attached, that was the A story. Yeah, The A story was the story about Jay, because like you... I felt like, you know, I really have two two real kind of critiques of this film. And the first one is is sort of the piggyback, which you said, about the tension between the two stories. And my read is that what you're seeing is the writers trying to stitch something together yeah. with new pieces. Yeah. So now Denzel is, is in the film. So now we have, and this yeah. is... Denzel right after Mo Better Blues. Yeah. So now you gotta have you know it's Denzel leading man. So now we have to kind of beef up this romance. Right. But clearly Jay's story is the more interesting story. Mm-hmm. So then you get that at, at least to me as a and then the second thing is I think part of the reason that Jay's story is more interesting, frankly, is because I think Mir Nair and and the script writers don't go in as hard as I think they could with issues of colorism, yeah. issues of of Indian racism mm-hmm. towards this black community. Yeah. I mean there's this really sort of there's this really sort of um vibrant moment where they talk about Mina and and, and Mina is is dark brown. Yeah, she's compared, darker than she's the, darker than right, the other than the, the other Indians, and there are two moments where they acknowledge that. Yeah, where you know Mina's mother's trying to get her ready because she's trying to get down with Harry Patel, and we all want Harry Patel. <laughs> and and Mina basically says Harry Patel would not want me. You know, face it, mommy, you have a darkie for a child. Right. And then later on, there are two women talking 
about them as a duo. And there's a great line where where the one woman tells the second woman who also wants Harry Patel, because, again, everybody wants Harry Patel. And she tells her, you don't have to worry about it. Mina is dark and poor. You can be dark and have money or you can be light and be poor, but you can't be dark and not have money. Right. And I get the feeling because I'm black and I've been around black people who do the same thing that Mir Nair is protective of this community. And she basically doesn't want to put their dirty laundry out there like that in 1991. Okay. Like, like there aren't a lot of Indian movies. There aren't a lot of Indian images. And I'm not going to be the one to put our stuff out there on the streets like that. Yeah, put it hard out there on the streets like that. Yeah, yeah. The other side of that, and this is what I've been waiting for you to say about whether or not you view this as a black movie or not. Mm. Because in my mind, what makes a movie black is whether or not, like, and we, we just talked about it with Paris Blues. If you can take a black, if you take the black characters out and the black characteristics and it changes the movie, it's a black movie. And I think with very little nips and tucks, you can take the blackness out of this movie and substitute it with other races. And a little bit, because again, they don't they 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 don't really deal with colorism. I think you can um almost substitute it with white people. Which is what the, the new producers wanted. Right. You know? Because there is no moment, and you talk about racism from both sides, and I have to disagree with you. There is no moment where Mina's family says the words or have the actions. We do not like Demetrius because he is black. They don't like Demetrius because he's an outsider. Mm-hmm. They don't like Demetrius because of the way it goes down, because she basically sneaks off with them. Mm-hmm. And they don't like Demetrius because he's not Harry Patel, because, again, nobody is Harry Patel. But there is never a moment where any of the Indian cast members says, you can't be with a black man because black people are bad. No, that's true. But the father does point out that to Mina uh when she you know tells him i love him i want yes. to be with him the father does point out in his mind eventually they're going to side by their own kind stick with your own kind what if demetrius is um puerto rican how is that exchange different well okay I hear you on that. If Demetrius he could have said he could have said the same thing about if Demetrius is white, how is that exchange different? Well, because he he doesn't tell her to stick by his own her own kind. He tells her that they yes. stick by their own kind. I, well, well, I hear you on the right. I hear you on the Demetrius on the, is Irish. I hear you on the Hispanic Latin thing, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he, you have that same line with a white person. I'm just saying. I do see your point, though. Mm-hmm. I do see your point about about it. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, you, 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 that's a good argument. You, you make a good. You, I've been checked. <laughs> I've been checked on that point. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, and and you know, I think I, I do. I think this is a matter of. I think, I, I think, Mir Nair and the writers were holding back. Like, I think there is a film where you get deep like that. And there have been films since then where we talk about sort of the tension between African-Americans and new immigrants, Mm -hmm. new immigrant communities. Mm -hmm. And it's not this film. And it doesn't have to be this film. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Having said that, there are moments in this film that I like a lot. There, There are choices. So wait a minute. Just to answer, quickly answer your own question. Do you consider this a black film? You know, since it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't know if it, I know, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do consider this a black film. And the funny thing is it was very much billed and advertised when it was out as a Denzel Washington film. Yeah. You, you know, and certainly, you know, if you look at the trailer and I remember when it came out, you didn't know that her father's story was going to be as prominent as it was. I mean, when the movie opens up and it's really 
the story of them being, you know, exorcised from Uganda. Yeah. You're not sure if you're watching the right movie. Exactly. You know, you're like, is, is this? Because it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like 10 minutes Excuse before me, they even the, get to. Is, is this, did I, but. It, does my stub say right, Mississippi right, Masala? Right, right. You know because or is this misery? Right, because right. It's, it's, it, 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 because it is, it's, it's tense. Yeah, it's very intense. You yeah, know, oh yeah. When their their bus that is going to the airport is stopped. Yeah, and they pull the mother off the bus for no reason. As far as I can see, I don't know I the mean, reason why. Well, you know, I think I think the assumption is they're they're doing these spot checks because they don't want the people that are being kicked out of Uganda to take things with them yeah, that are valuable. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And then it's also, you know, you give people who've never had power guns and give them power over other people, things get really ugly really quickly. Very true. When there are men with guns and there are women involved, mm. and I think that scene is a perfect example where you could see that what is implied in this film, in, in this moment, but it only goes so far. Yeah. Because the sexual assault is so visceral yeah. in this scene. Yeah. And it never happens. Right. And, you know, not that I wanted it to happen, but I think this is something that you see throughout this film where, again, I think Mir Nair holds back mm-hmm. instead of going. Because, you know, certain, you know, I, I mean, I don't know anything about this, this moment in history, but I know people. Yeah. So I'm sure that there was some real ugliness. Oh yeah. When yeah. when you know these Asian these African Asians were expelled. It's interesting you talk about holding back. Um it, there's a scene in this film where Denzel and Sarita, or Demetrius and Mina. Mm-hmm. They're talking to each other on the phone. Yes. And they're both laying in their respective beds at their homes. Yes. As they're talking to each other on the phone. And they're just having a nice, like, kind of flirty conversation with one another. Yes. And the camera is fixed above them both, looking down on them laying in the bed. Right. They're each in their beds. Right. Each in their beds. They're each wearing basically just T-shirts. Yes. Um, and like I said, they're being flirty. They're not being overt or sec- sexual. Right. But there certainly is an undertone to what they're talking about. Yeah. And you spoke of of holding back. I was so struck by that scene because that scene they are they are making love. I love that scene. It's my favorite scene, scene in the film. It is. It, they are literally making love right there. You while didn't even talking say the, phone. the best part of the scene. Mina's sheet slips. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Like just, you know, because again, she has a sheet up to her waist. Yeah. And for most of it. From and it slips just enough for you to realize she's not wearing pants. All she is all she has on is all she has on is the t-shirt. And it's a moment. It's not even 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But is the most sensual image that you it, it really it's striking. It is, it, very, it, it, it is very. It is very striking. striking. It is very striking. But it's funny you you point that out. What I was touching, trust me, I noticed that. But what I was struck by was that in that scene, Denzel is in his uh, uh, tank top mm-hmm. and he's got it on his boxers and he's talking to her, and he's laying he's like he's laying on the bed, and he's got his hand up his shirt. So he's lifted halfway lifted up the yes. shirt. So he's kind of like playing with his stomach. Yes. I don't know about you. Almost, I can see myself in that exact same position. Yeah. Doing that exact same thing early on in a early relationship on in a relationship with my, with, a, yeah. with a lady. Yeah, because it's 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 just that crackle. Yeah. It's that crackle in the air. I was. So, I mean, I love it. I love that. There's a moment when when Mina's mother is talking to her because they live at the hotel and they're in the back of the hotel by the pool. Mm-hmm. And it's this wonderful shot of, of the light reflecting off of the pool yeah. on Mina's face. Yeah. And just the composition of the shot. Perfect. Yeah. I love the way that Mir Nair 
and, and again, I think it's deliberate. You know, I always give credit. You know, I love the, the sort of visual parallel between the city in Uganda and this small town in Mississippi where, you know, I mean, it's Mississippi. So, you know, you have this town that has no tax base whatsoever right. in a state that has no tax base. And it's one of these towns that I always, you know, say it's like 40 percent paved. Mm hmm. So yeah. that, you know, it's it's a fair amount of dirt road and, you know, no sidewalks. And it looks just like the city in Uganda that they were thrown out of. Right. And you have this wonderful visual parallel between them. Yeah. So, you know, I love the relationship between her parents. I really do. You know, because even the scene you're talking about before the before her mother is taken off of the bus, there's there's this wordless exchange between them where they evaluate the situation and you can see they quickly fall into their positions where he knows there's nothing I can do about this. I hope the worst doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but my job is to protect her, my daughter, protect the daughter, protect my daughter from what can go down. Yes. And the mother then goes out. Yeah. And throughout the film, you see this wonderful connection between them. They have a very, uh, Deep, profound, respect, very respectful. Yes. So that, you know, back to our initial sort of observation, you can you can almost feel this movie or this storyline trying to be the main story. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it it, it, and it deserves it because as colorful as Denzel Washington's world, his family is with Tico Wells, who you spoke of, who. Maybe he's in something else, but outside of the five heartbeats, I didn't think he did anything else. Yeah. Until I saw him in this. Um, I think I forgot he was in it. Uh, so you got Tico Wells. You have uh, Charles Dutton, who, I'm sorry, I'm not used to Charles Dutton with hair. Yes. That is, and I'm sorry, that's, for me, that's a little disturbing. It's just, it's too much. It's, it, that's a little bit, that's just not what, right. And I also want to look at the, the, the gentleman who played his father. The the man who played uh, Denzel's father, um, oh man, I can't remember his father's name in the movie. Uh, I think it's Joe Seneca. No, is that no? I don't think that is that Joe Seneca. That can't be Joe Seneca. Is that Joe Seneca? That's not Joe Seneca, is it? Wow, it's that's Joe, Joe Seneca. Seneca. Yeah, I I never knew that. That was it. I've always seen his name in a bunch of things, but I just never. Related. But you look at his face and you think his name should be like Joe Willis Seneca. Yeah, that, he don't. He don't have an old black man name. Yeah, they should be like like like, like blonde Joe Jellybean Seneca, <laughs> Joe Jellybean Seneca, Cleophis Joe Seneca. Is that what you want, Lynn? You want his name to be Cleophis? Facts. <laughs> Cornbread Earl Corn, Joe. Corn, Cornbread Earl Joe. Seneca. Cornbread Seneca. Cornbread Seneca. That's a that's All a fly right. name. Yes, yes, yes. Joe Seneca. Joe Seneca. Fantastic. Better known as Cornbread. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Joe is short for Cleophis. We don't... <laughs> little known fact. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Joe Seneca. <laughs> Joe Seneca, clearly he looks like he grew up on a chitlin farm. <laughs> why would his name be Joe Seneca? I see Seneca. You I... are horrible. No. See, that's why you said hidden fences. <laughs> You don't think a black man can have a non-slavey name? It sounds Italian to me. Uh-huh. That, that doesn't sound Italian mm-hmm. to me. That doesn't sound like like a guy who did a special a special guest star appearance on The Sopranos. Mm. Joe Seneca. This will make much more sense next week. I need to make sure you're not one of <laughs> Allison Williams' old boyfriends <laughs> and get out. Your stuff is coming out now. If I give you a pound, are you going to try to <laughs> shake my hand? Pleased to meet you. Anyway, <laughs> as colorful as that side of the world is, yes, her fam, her family, extended yeah, family, yeah, yeah, that lives in this motel, yes, this community. Yeah. Oh my god, man! It's like there should be like Mississippi masala the show. Lynn, I said the same thing. 
I said the exact same. You got the I three said her, stooges. I said her cousins and those two <laughs> need to have an advent, a, a show where they get into adventures in early nineties Biloxi. Yes, they solving do. Solving mysteries. <laughs> yes, they do. I love them. Oh my god! This, it, it was just. Didn't I, I tell you that was his van? I told you that was his van. <laughs> I said these three are the best. I mean. Oh my god, it was so cool. That was so cool. That man tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man. This movie, I mean, th- that world, you're right. You're right. You're right. Is it, is it, I still consider it a black film. Okay. Because at the end of the day, say what, what for whatever, whatever, Denzel is the lead and his family and their story is prominent to the story. Yes, could you pluck them out of there? Could you replace them? Yes. But as as the movie, for what it is, they're prominent. So I would consider it a black film. I it's, just like being on this side of the argument for once. And I feel you. I've never been over here before. It feels good. Right? It does. It's, like, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's certainly not the blackest film we've ever seen. <laughs> right. But nor is it, I, it's it's still more black, it's more of a black film than Action Jackson is to me. Yeah, I disagree. Really? I disagree. Uh-huh. Okay. I disagree if, 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 if yeah, if, if Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or Sylvester Stallone play Action Jackson, first of all, it's going to be a love scene in the film. Second, they're going to have guns. Okay. Third, they're going to have a shirt off a whole lot more. It's going to be real oily. Well, Carl had his shirt off a couple of Twice. We talked about this. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, I, anyway. I mean, hey. Anyway. Uh, at the end of the day, all the misgivings. With, uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what did you think of the lead, Sharita? I think she's very young. Yeah, I think she's no. very young. Her and, youth shows. And her youth shows, and I think you know it's it's actually kind of charming. I think that she and Denzel have chemistry mm-hmm. because I think Denzel Washington is like I think he's actually a charming guy. Like I think just in like and and you know certainly you know I think there's a, a vein of movies that he's in right after Mo Better Blues. Where he never gets out of third gear. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of, I'm Denzel Washington and I'm really charming. Yeah. And that kind of works. Yeah. I think she actually, she being uh, Sarita, Sarita uh, Ch- Chodre, actually had a little crush on Denzel Washington. Yeah. Because I don't think she's a good enough actress to have that sort of interplay with him that she had. Based on her performance in the rest of the film, yeah, in the move, in the scenes, not the with scenes that not with him. like she is damn near giggly in the scenes with him. She is, and I think it's kind of charming. The funny thing is, when I say she's just really young, when I talk about her acting, I'm basing that on um, she she was a, a recurring character on Homeland mm-hmm. on Showtime. And she was magnificent. Yes. Like now, mind you, that's it's twenty years 20 later. Years later, it's twenty years later. But she's very much an actress. Yeah. Who has grown into grown her. into herself? Yeah. As an act, and she's a real presence. Yeah. But right here, you, you know, the funny thing when they said, like, I was actually very uncomfortable with their relationship because she reads, she reads younger. She reads really young, really younger than him. And yeah. I think part yeah. of it is she's. Actually, giggly. I think that's. I, I almost feel like the line about her being twenty four was in it, so that yeah, to, to address. I that. agree. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's funny that you talk about how they're the films immediately following this because this is like right on the heels of that. Uh, yes, Mo yeah, I think it's his next film. Right. Um, he kind of slips in a little bit into coast mode. Yes. Right. Because in this one. In this film, I think he's putting on the charm. Mm-hmm. He's he's putting on the Denzel charm, and it was interesting in watching him in this film, like the road less traveled. Like he could have easily been like the romantic leading man. Oh no and, doubt, and a lot, and and he really, as much as he coasted in maybe two or three films after this, he doesn't go really that. 
lean back on that romantic leaning no. man very often in his career. I mean, the next, the year after this is Malcolm X. Exactly. So you know what I mean. You know. So um, so it it's interesting to see him like really getting just being playful and, and, yeah. and fun and and um you know like you see some of the denzel wisdoms with the strutting and the denzel stare a little bit but he's just having fun he's he, he's 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 um when they're walking along the beach it's just a beautiful scene it's, it's, man it's a beautiful conversation yeah, yeah when they're walking in the, like what is it the, the swamp or the marsh yeah I yeah. kept waiting for an alligator to jump out. And then they're at the, the they're at the the amusement park, yeah. and they were talking about how they're going to be traveling. Yeah. and they're going oh, to yeah. see Colombia yeah. and Africa. I was just so like really. And and again, she's actually giggly. Yeah, in in a lot, like she's you know, and hard not to be. It, I mean, nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety one. I might have been giggly too. I mean, hey, I don't know, like <laughs> right. So you know, it's a good film though. It's not bad. It's not a bad it's, film. It's, it's not bad. It's it's not. It's bad. a crime though that this film is not available streaming. It's it's a tough film to find. It's a very tough film yeah, it's to a find. Tough film. Man. I would actually like it if they remade this film. Really? I would like. If, I don't want. I, I would like post Queen of Catway, post the 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 sign of the kind of more um intra. Not intra. I don't know what would be like between two minority groups, but like I think we've had some really complicated conversations mm-hmm. between African Americans and immigrant com- communities. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to, and and again now that she's a, a, a very well established director, like I would love to see her really press down on the pedal and make this film. See, I I I wouldn't. Uh, I. I very often, I'm not a, a super big fan of remakes, so that's probably well. Maybe not even why. a remake, but revisit this community, revisit these relationships. That's what I was going to say. I could see revisiting this community, yes, much in the way that TV has, but beyond my belief, successfully revisited Fargo. And made that exactly. into such an extra, uh, exactly. very interesting and excellent series. Exactly, I could see this being made into exactly. one. Exactly. Um, I would love to see Aziz Ansari. Mm. And 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 you know when you think about, did if, did you watch Master of None? Yes, I did. I love yeah. that show. On so smart. Yeah. About the immigrant experience in general mm-hmm. and the Indian experience specifically. Yeah, the one episode where it's about looking through it through his father's eyes right. is really like I would love to have him, like you said, almost a Fargo type framework. Yeah, take this, and I don't know if if you know there's still an immigrant community in in Mississippi like that. You know, I know there are small immigrant communities throughout the United States, but right. I would love to see him kind of tackle that. Mm-hmm. And and you know tackle or lend that. his lend his his you know whatever powers he has right right to right. seeing a mounting of because like I that. think I th- I think I think this is a very rich vein of stories I think it's a very American sort of set of stories like like I think I, I like I think it's very interesting to see the relationship between African Americans. Mm-hmm. And immigrant communities, right? And how we all sort of, kind of try and figure it out, and you know we're very much in in the process. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a, if if that is a story that is being explored in the quote unquote Bollywood. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a Bollywood dude, so I don't either. I don't know what's going on over there. But um. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting film. Yeah, it's, not it's, bad. It's not bad at all. It's hard to find, hard to find which is, is, like you said, is kind of um, surprising considering that it was one of those films yeah. that, that kind of had a little push and, you, you know, so. Yeah. So would you recommend it? I would recommend it. It's a very, uh, to see early day um, Denzel. And, and just, to, and never mind Denzel. I mean, because, you know, it's a little disturbing seeing Charles Dutton with hair, but he's not in a whole lot of the movie. Um, and my man, Jojo Seneca. Uh, but just to revisit that revisit that world. Yeah. Revisit those characters. Right, right. It, um, 
Because we haven't even, t- I mean, we didn't even talk about the black jute joints and and, and, no, and Denzel's ex-wife, who apparently is a a lounge singer on the rise. And Which is ex-wife? I th- felt like it was just like maybe a ex-girlfriend, girlfriend, and and her pro- and her producer friend. And we also didn't uh, talk about Sylvester Artis the third mm. producer. We also didn't talk about how rich and vibrant the Indian community is, and and as someone who has been to two. Indian weddings, mm-hmm. I know that how true that those scenes that are. read to you. Okay, it, it, it they are just so so um, uh, together. Um, yeah, of course, like any family, it's a little sip, 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 but the, at the end of the day, it's all about all for one and one for all. That's why they they take on the family and live all in this one motel community. Yeah, that they have. It's, yeah. Um, and God, my God, they say what you want about American weddings. You will never see a wedding that is as beautiful as an Indian wedding. I saw an elephant downtown on Walnut Street. On right? Walnut Street, I saw an elephant. Yeah, that's the one I was at. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, because we were watching it. Because we were rehearsing. Yeah. We were watching it across the street, looking down because they were all dancing yeah, in the street because they had blocked off the street for this elephant. I said, "That's an actual elephant," and then yes. I said, "See, that's why you got to live in the city." And they tried to walk that elephant into the hotel. Well, I mean, if you're gonna have an elephant, but what happened is that one of the guys that was with us knew somebody room. down there, so they let us come in, and we weren't like there for a long time, but we were there for like ten minutes. Yeah, and checking out. It was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen. We're, hey, we're going to try and make Get Out happen next week. Yeah. I promise you. We are going to be reviewing Get Out. So go and see it. I was about to say, regardless, everyone needs to go see Get Out. Everybody needs to go see Get Out. Um, it's in theaters now. It is. Yes, it is. All right. Oh, we're probably going to get in trouble. Why? Because I don't think we're supposed to be promoting stuff like that on our show. I may have to blank that out. Okay. All I right. have to blank that out. Okay. Yeah, because right. it gets funny on the radio. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll blank that out. I, you know, I'll blank I, that I out. Think it's, I think it's implicit in yeah, my there talk. you go. So it's implicit. There you go. Uh, All right. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. You can check out the Michelle Mission on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and every place the good podcast be, as well as streaming live as a radio show on Philly Cam Radio, 106.5 FM, Philadelphia, and Camden, people-powered media here in Philadelphia. Please hit us up. Give us all your feedback. Email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook at Michelle Mission, as well as on Instagram. Ha <laughs> ha, holla. All right. <laughs> He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.